everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level People. Rena and I are on the show today. Sean is still in Greece like a jerk, having a baby moon with his wife, and it looks like they're having an amazing time. But today, we've got Eric Chiapetta on the show. Eric is, I mean, he's just awesome. I, mean, I was digging through some of his stuff. He seems like just such a down-to-earth guy, but he is... Uh, I'll, I'll just say it, a baron in the restaurant or the food and beverage industry. He's owned several restaurants, catering business. He started a show uh, called Chef or Death. It's uh, live on Facebook, or if you want just the audio version, it's on SoundCloud. And, and he'll tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, but he's out of Denver, and we're going to dig into the grit, the dirt, the sexiness, the nightmares everything else that goes into the food and beverage industry. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show. I'm excited about this one. Thanks, guys. It's uh, it's a huge pleasure to be here. I appreciate the uh, the time, that's for sure. And you nailed it. It sounds like you might have done some some work in the industry for a while because it is all of those things wrapped up in, wrapped up in, into one thing, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, my, uh, <laughs> my uncle-in-law, he was a chef for ever and traveled around uh to a bunch of different resorts all around the world and it was beautiful uh but hideous all at the same time yeah, you listen a, to his stories it's a lifestyle that's for yeah. sure it's not just a job <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so eric welcome to the show like i said i'm super excited to have you let's give us the kind of elevator pitch of, of who you are a little bit of background and and then we're gonna dive into the chef or death show Sure. Um, I am a native of Colorado. I've been in the restaurant uh, industry um, for this will literally be my 30th year. So nice. probably the oldest person you've had on your show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I sold wine for a long time. Um, I'm a second level sommelier. Um, I just was doing wine dinners all the time and had no fucking idea what I was doing. So I dove into wine and really fell in love with it and started selling it for I sold it for five years. Um, owned restaurants, like you mentioned earlier, and it was one of those things where I, you know, you're married to the business. It is your business. It's your life. Um, in order to be successful, it really has to be that level of commitment as well. Um, and about a year ago, I kind of took a step back and, um, went through some personal kind of trials and tribulations and decided, okay, so I was an entrepreneur for many, many years. Now what's next? What else can I do? What else? And, and more importantly, uh, with the trials and tribulations that I did go through, um, how can I get back and how can I, um, do my industry, my community, um, a solid. And that's really what spurred, um, along with when you and I were talking off the air about, um, Anthony Bourdain, it was really something that struck me. Um, it was really something that, you know, um, you can hear in one of the earlier podcasts about, um, you know, all of us on the inside in the industry looked at Anthony Bourdain as one of those guys that literally had everything. Um, he had the perfect life. And for somebody to go through what he went through um, personally, um, it's tragic just doesn't uh, doesn't comprehend what 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 we felt as an industry and I did personally. So this was one of those things where, um, 
I had dealt with depression for the majority of my adult life. Um, I still go through my things, but I've kind of learned to deal with it. Um, and this Shepherd Death is a product of me trying to be my authentic self. And how do I best represent my heart and soul? And what it kind of turned into was the Shepherd Death podcast. Um, it makes me feel good. Um, I don't do it for money. Um, I do it as a kind of a give back to the industry that's given me so much. Um, in the event someday that we monetize on it, fantastic. I'd love to do it full time. Um, but as it is right now, there's uh, Denver. The scene is growing by leaps and bounds um, in every category, not just the restaurant industry or beverage industry, but um, Denver's growing on such leaps and bounds that, you know, and I'm a native, our, our, clearly our secret is out. Um, it's a great place to live. There's a lot of great people. Everybody that's moving here is, is moving here for those reasons. Um, and I think our timing is right uh, to do the show. Um, no one's turned me down to be on it yet. Um, so we're, we're on to, we're on to bigger and better things and uh, we're, we're, we're happy to be here for sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of different stuff. I mean, uh, when you described why you started Chef for Death, I mean, the reason why I started Next Level People is literally the exact same thing, where, like, I've gone through uh, as maybe not the same, but probably as many trials and tribulations and gone through my own stuff, uh, and I don't think I'm alone in those feelings. I know I'm not alone in those feelings. Uh, there's so many people in uh, really any industry uh, that has to, I mean, it's, it's, it's not an industry thing. It's a human thing. Um, yeah, but we're, and, and, we're, go for it. Well, and, and one of the bigger, that's, that's the, that's what got me to do this was everybody's going through shit. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the death, the whole thing isn't, isn't just about that, but how I arrived here mm -hmm. um, was exactly that, that everybody has to put on a different face when they go to work. Everybody has to put on a different face when, they, when they're with their spouse. Um, to, if the world was as authentic as everybody was putting on, you know, depression would go down dramatically. Just be you, like just be your thing. And and again, this this is a product of that. You're a product of that. Rena's a product of that. That right. it's just do your thing, man, and and the world will come to you. They want you to be a good guy. They want you to be a good person. So, you know, if your authentic self is a piece of shit, then <laughs> clearly you'll be weeded out quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hope no we can cuss on this, Greg. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, I, I'll, I'll let it pass this time. No, I'm kidding. Thank we, you. you uh, so far, uh, I don't think you're even close to the top cusser. Who was it? I'm trying to think of Excellent. who it was. It was like, it was funny. It was like, it doesn't bother me at all. It's actually, have a this few is, with explicits, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's like I've got a bunch of them with the E's next to the title is explicit. But no, it's it's funny. I, I have an interesting theory and this is like way off topic but i have an interesting theory on cuss words and why they're not bad like who's like i don't know we're not going to get into that i just like why <laughs> who says they're bad why are they bad like what it's what do they mean you're, you're clearly trying to make a point right <laughs> it's just like oh man it just it it bothers me anyways we're going to get <laughs> off the cussing subject and the funny thing is yep. i don't really i don't really cuss that much 
I just <laughs> it just doesn't bother me. Anyways, so you got into the restaurant industry, the food and beverage industry, whatever you want to call it, 30 years ago. I mean, you've right. got you've got a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of cuss words put into <laughs> this thing, man. So what what are some of the I mean, you said Chef or Death is really to reach out to that community to be a resource for that community so that they can kind of, I, I mean, I think in your bio, it even says help, help people to get to that next level. Uh, what, what are some of the, the things that you've noticed that you're trying to fix right in the beginning? I mean, you, mental health was, was a big one. That was, that was a big episode. And I loved that you addressed that right out the gate, but sure. what are, what are some of those like crazy things that people need to be aware of? You know, the the very, very first episode we did um, was called How We Got Started. Mm. And the Shepherd Death thing lives under an entrepreneurial umbrella. Yeah. So there's most chefs want to be restaurant owners. um, And to be able to have that creative freedom we're creative people so part of that is always you go to bed at night and you write menus and you think about your thing and you think about the restaurant you want to do um i have a show coming up um that's going to deal with uh female um beer is a big thing in colorado um so i'm dealing with um one of the next shows that's up is going to be with female brewers distillers and winemakers and you know, how they are able to kind of navigate an industry that's really dominated by, yeah. by men. Um, and chefs are the same way. Um, the majority of chefs are, are men. And that's starting to change now. So the, my contribution is that I'm trying to give everybody um, a platform for some exposure. Um, we got written up in Westward Magazine um, after our first show. Um, Westward's like a local paper that that is really heavy into arts and culture and politics and stuff like that, um, and it was it was it's just me giving another platform to highlight some people that I think are interesting and that are mountain movers in our community um, that will be icons someday, um, people that have an idea that if Shefford did death didn't exist, um, they're on their own and they kind of have to, you know, nobody can buy advertising when you're a food truck, um, or a small mom and pop restaurant. So this is my way of doing it in a, in a platform that's fun. Um, that's interesting, not just for industry people, but you know, for the lay person, that's just, you know, the food network wouldn't isn't being watched by restaurant people all the time. Yeah. It's watched by, you know, people that are interested in watching all, how all of this works and what that lifestyle looks like. So um, and, you know, there's there's a bit of ego stroking in it, too. You know, where I'm a chef, that's just kind of part of my thing. So yeah. Um, I sang in a heavy metal band for 15 years and being on stage is something that I desperately miss. I can always empathize when I hear a sports hero retiring that he's just, you know, man, that's the game. It's part of the fun. So this is me kind of marrying two worlds um, of, you know, being a rock star on stage and I still get to be a chef. So, again, the authenticity of what I'm doing for myself um, is working for me. So... Um, if I get great feedback from it, great. If I get bad feedback, 
from it, I know I'm being me. So this is a platform for me to showcase um, some interesting people that I think the listener would enjoy, topics that people are going to enjoy. Um, and, you know, it comes from a place of love. So, yeah. So just so you know, I'm probably I've, I've been mulling around with this in my head uh, about doing what an intro for next level people would sound like. I might have to have you scream next level people show at some point <laughs> in this. Uh, Got it. Awesome. Deal. So, I mean, people people that are getting into this this world of food-based, beverage-based entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial pursuit, whatever you want to call it, what what are the things that they should be thinking about? Because that's a lot of people that listen to the show, they're either job seekers or entrepreneurial-focused people. Uh, in either way, I mean, there's a lot of parallels between starting a business in finance or starting a recruiting business or starting a food business what what are those what are the pitfalls that are or the the things that people should watch out for that have been watching the food network and they're like man i just i really want to do this maybe they've been a cpa their entire life but right. they're like i just i want to make some pies that's what i want to do right. like what right. what are those pitfalls because that's like I, one of the things kind of rabbit trailing or expanding on it i love it when people quit their day job to f pursue their passion in the face of all of the risks. Like I've literally, I've seen a warehouse guy who's literally been taping boxes his entire career, uh, become a software developer. And he's like the level of happiness that he went from, like he was like, I'm never going to be more than a box taper. I'm never going to be more than anything but this. And then he went to a software development boot camp. Three months later, he got a job. And he's like, it's incredible the, the level of joy that this dude has simply because he said, screw it, I'm doing it. So somebody that's well, saying, screw it, I'm doing it, what do they got to think about? Um, there, wow, that's a lot. Like I could, we could do literally an entire show on that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to steal something from, um, a, a guy that I listen to a lot, um, and follow on Twitter called Gary B and his, his tagline, um, is do shit. And yeah. that's, that's it. Like whatever's in the core of you that you want to do the pitfall is only one thing and it's one thing it's two things not doing it and regret and you're going you're gonna die someday that's another gary v thing yeah. dude you're gonna die so you might as well at least try it and the only pitfall that i can warn people about is you're going to fail zero percent of the chance are you going to do the thing that you think you want to do and 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 it'd be successful and and i'd be scared if it did because you might be in some successful endeavor and then all of a sudden go this isn't a, this isn't what i wanted to do at all i'm doing somebody else's thing by their rules and now i'm miserable but i have a business that i hate so test it try it and once you think you're onto something let it organically evolve into what the world it's going to take from it and you're going to be way happier from it. Just like Shepherd Death, this is one of those things where 
it started out, it literally started out as a cookbook that I was going to write just for my own personal thing that evolved into let's do a podcast. Then it turned into let's do a vodcast. Mm. It organically mm. just happened. And it was all the things that I was asking for. It was all the things that I was asking the universe from. And then it just finally came and it happened for me. It yeah. wasn't It wasn't like I sat down at a Starbucks and went, okay, Chef or Death, vodcast, going to get interviewed by Next Level People on August 27th. <laughs> That's in everybody's that. business plan, by the way. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely should be. Yeah. You gotta be able, you gotta just trust it. You gotta trust yourself. And we live in a society where people come at you from all angles that say that's not gonna work, it's not gonna happen. Don't listen to the negative. Just do your thing and it will your thing will take on a life of its own and it will just it it will satisfy you in in in, in ways that you would never ever expect. Yeah. So somebody but that fail, failure is good. Failure is a big thing. Like, um, when, you know, the very first restaurant I had, I did, we had a concept. I moved away from the concept, but still kept it. I did everything that I wanted to do and it failed because I couldn't keep up. And the next restaurant I had was in a place that was in a dilapidated part of the city, which is now like the hottest place in Denver. Great. But it's one of those things where you have to learn and you have to try it and you have to fail and you got to be at the bottom. Alcoholics have to hit rock bottom before they see the light. It's mm -hmm. the same thing with entrepreneurs. You have to get to a point where failure is a, just a part of your genetic makeup so that you're not afraid of it anymore. You don't mm -hmm. you don't resist it. So it's it's one of those things where if you're in a situation where you can't swim, but you live in the ocean inside of it, eventually you're going to adapt and you're going to survive. You're a human being. That's what you're made up to do. Same with entrepreneurship. Try something. If it fails, rethink it, retool it, and get back to doing something that it's what, what failure does is makes you pull out of your core exactly what you should be doing. And your your subconscious will eventually pull that out as yeah. as many times as you fail at it. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting all the parallels that I just pulled from what you just said. I mean, it's it's not a restaurant thing. It's not a social media strategy thing. It's like literally if you want to do this, if you want to build a brand, a business, a whatever, those are the steps right there. I literally like when you talked about experimenting and failing and like this right now, what we're doing is me experimenting. Like I'm, I'm experimenting on you, Eric. I'm experimenting with Rena. I'm experimenting on myself. Like who, who am I? The more conversations I have, the more I understand who I am and the things that you say either confirm or challenge whatever belief system I have to be able to mold me into who I was born to be. Uh, you should be. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. Uh, I don't know if, if you've seen him uh, on LinkedIn, but Rena knows him. Kyle with him. Uh, he texted me this weekend, uh, and he was like, what are you, what are you doing on Instagram? Uh, because I, he noticed that I was doing a bunch of stuff this weekend, and I was like, I have literally no idea. I'm just experimenting. <laughs> like, it might work. It might like fail miserably and I might look like an idiot, but 
whatever. It's fun. Uh, right. And that's that. I think the the experimenting and being being okay, like you said, having that relationship with failure, where failure is not something where like if I fail at something, that doesn't make me a failure. No. It just means that I am learning. Same thing with kids, even like you got to let them skin their knees, you know, you got to let them eat dirt every once in a while to realize that's actually like the worst tasting thing. Or maybe they're like, they figure something out and they're like, this is the best dirt ever. I'm going to sell it one day and they become a millionaire (laughs) because they're selling dirt to raw foodists. I don't know. But like, like failure is not death. Like failure is not the end unless you let it be. Like it's just no. It's 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 a way to re. It's a way to be, get reborn and mm-hmm. to do something where you're fixing it inside your head. It's you know uh, I failed at this. It didn't work. And then you kind of look back on it after a while and you're like, I don't know that that's something I was going to be comfortable doing for the rest of my life anyway. Yeah. So that was a good yeah. thing. And the 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 way that you retool your next thing. Even if it's, okay, so it's not a restaurant. Okay, so tomorrow I want to start a shoe company. All the things that I learned about how I adapted to the failures that I that happened to me, I carry on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it's a learning process. It's a growth process. There's, there is no, you know, we said in the very first episode, there's no handbook to entrepreneurialism. There's, there's only trial and error. And you learn more about yourself and what your core values are and what means most to you. Mm-hmm. And and then as soon as you put something out in the world, just like I'm experiencing right now, the world will come to you and be your champion. And and that's that's what this all great. We're going to make money at this at some point. Mm-hmm. But what feels mm-hmm. right to me and what feels good to me is that people are recognizing they're like, dude, you're being you. And yeah. that's really yeah. that's that's the real that's the real gold medal for me. Yeah. No, and that's that's the the fun thing is discovering that part of you that you possibly for 30 plus years have been like pushing to the side. Gary V, you brought him up. He just I think it was over this weekend uh posted a quote that was um everybody else sucks too. It's just that some people are better at hiding it. And that is like it is so freaking true. Like it's so incredibly true. Um, and I love, I love the fact that you are diving in and saying like, listen, the secret to success is failing. Like absolutely. And it's 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 like people don't people that are listening to this don't think it's all like woo woo. Like let's let's get super hyped up on motivational quotes and Gary Vee and Tony Robbins and like whatever else, like it literally anybody that has ever been successful at anything. Let's just take, again, going back to kids. How did you learn how to walk? Did you just decide, you know what? I think I'm going to walk over to the fridge and grab a bottle. No, today's the day. Yeah. It wasn't like today's the day. I've been right. listening to Gary V audio experience and Tony Robbins and right. all the, it's it, no, like you literally, you fall a bajillion times and that's yep. okay. It's okay to fall and fail and realize that the fall is not who you are. And so no. we, we've beat that, we've beat that into people's skulls, hopefully, 
one one of the things that I want to I want to dig into a little bit is you said a year ago you you kind of went through some trials and tribulations and I, I just kind of want to dig into into that a little bit if you're okay with getting getting a little feeling vulnerable Absolutely. and 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 all Absolutely. that stuff. All right, so let's talk yep. about that. Um, so about a year ago, I, um, was one of my best friends is a culinary director for a, a really big, um, restaurant company that's just exploding, um, in, in Colorado and now nationwide and they're opening one up in, in, in London. <laughs> um, they, um, my buddy called me up, um, and asked me if I was interested in coming on board with them. Um, it was a corporate chef job, um, seemed, you know, that a giant, big growing company was somewhere that I wanted to be, um, when I'm in my late forties and, um, took the job and, um, my heart wasn't in it. Um, and, um, during that time I met a girl, um, that worked, Within the company, but um, we didn't work directly with each other, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but she was pretty high up the, the pole. Um, I was um, in a place where um, my mental health wasn't where it should have been. Um, I was self-medicating religiously. Mm. Um, yeah, the, the, the working 12-hour days, five, six days a week, um, there's, you can't just go home and go to sleep. Um, you're up for a few hours winding down. I call it restaurant PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no offense to the, the folks in uniform that, that actually struggle with, with that. Um, but I kind of attribute to the same things as that. And I wasn't dealing with my life at all. Um, and I crashed. Um, I burned a big bridge with a buddy of mine. Um, we are subsequently great friends still. Um, he understood um, the girl is nowhere to be seen ever again. Um, I, um, wasn't the greatest to her and, um, she did herself a solid and I applaud her for it, for, um, removing herself from my life. And I had to take a, uh, big, long, uh, look in the mirror about who I was, what I wanted to become, what I knew I could become. Um, and I wasn't that guy. I didn't like me either. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to do something about it. Um, and earlier this year, um, in January, um, I reconnected with a friend who was in the industry for a long time, um, who had started her own therapy, therapy business. Um, and she deals primarily with, um, restaurant industry people because it's a thing. Yeah. Is that the Um, mile high hazards thing that you're talking about? No, um, I met her on Facebook, um, but in fact, Kathy Hawkins, who was um, a panelist on the the mental health show, um, is the person that I sought out, um, and she'd been a friend. She was my um, um, she was our general manager at a at a nice at a great restaurant. She's brilliant, um, not only just in the mental health field, but um, she knows wine inside out, and she's a restaurant veteran for sure. Um, and I had a cry for help. Um, I was going to do, I was eventually going to do harm to myself. Um, and I was at the bottom and I was like, I was sick of me and I didn't know how to get out of it. 
Um, I didn't know what process it, it would look like. It seemed daunting. It seemed like something that I couldn't tackle. Um, I was, my self-esteem was at below zero. So taking on something like renewing how my brain works and how um, I dealt with life um, seemed too big um, to, for me to be able to navigate effectively. Um, I didn't think I had it. Yeah. Um, so I reached out and um, we talked once a week for an hour and she gave me some tools to, uh, to get back to where I wanted to be. And like I said, it's still a daily thing, but um, I've never, I, I don't remember being this satisfied, this happy, this okay. Um, in I have no idea how many years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. I'm starting to see a pattern I saw it with myself, uh, but with you and even even the last guest that Rena and I were on with, Tyrone Ross, there's like I I had a real big problem with uh, pain pills and alcohol for a lot of years, uh, and it was once I shifted focus from me to others. And now I'm doing next level people. And there's all sorts of other stuff that I'm doing. You shifted your focus from you to others. You've got chef or death. You've got all this other stuff going. Tyrone Ross, he shifted his focus from him to others. And now he's helping people with their finances and all this other stuff. And like, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting pattern that I'm noticing that at least I can't say that this is for everybody, but at least for me, and it sounds like for you and the the last guy that we talked to about this, once you get your focus not on yourself, but on others, the perspective changes. One, for I mean, if you even if you do it selfishly, even if you're like it's it's weird to say that you can like focus on others selfishly, but even if like you didn't care about any of the other people for real, this, the fact of the matter is once you focus on others, you're realizing, oh, there's a community of people out there like me going through the same similar whatever things as me. I'm not alone in this. And that all of a sudden gives you like, oh, man, it the relief that you're not alone, that people have gone through this uh, is amazing. And what you'll also find is in the process of finding the others that others will actually care about you too. And the thing for me was like, I mean, in going through those things where like pain pills, alcohol, literally every single day for a long time. uh, Once I started coming out of that, the only reason I came out of that officially was because somebody was in my life and they didn't give up on me. And that to me was so foreign like I've had, because right. like, I mean, it sounds similar to you. I'm not going to put this on you. If it's not, just tell me. But I pushed literally everything and everyone that cared about me away. Like I just, I 100, burned it. 100% I did that. Yeah. Uh, and it's like literally by the grace of God that I even have a relationship with my parents now. Um, right. And, but there's, there's this person that came in and, they were others focused 
and they did not give up on me. And that was weird. That was really weird for me because, like, I literally gave him every single reason to be like, Greg, you're an idiot. I'm not talking to you ever again. Um, I'll I'll tell you an interesting story. Um, I... I was I was so rock bottom down that I understood that notion for sure of you know what don't focus on yourself help other people and that will make you feel better. I was such at a point so down that 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 in itself seemed so bizarrely inauthentic to me that okay so I'm helping people but I'm purely doing this for selfish reasons. Right. And it's only right. to make myself feel better. And I think that's crap. That's how bad, that's mm. how bad and how low I was. Yeah. I was no, like, I've been there I'm too, not- actually, now that I think about it, because it's like, if you, you realize that you're fake or that you're right. doing it for like, you feel fake. I know what you're talking. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I, when I talked to Kathy about that portion of it, she said, I don't care because eventually this is going to flesh out and now i have a show that yay i'm the star of but the whole premise of the entire thing is so that i can highlight other people so that they can be successful and they can they can move the mountain that they want to move and nothing feels better and it's and it's and nothing from my standpoint could be more authentic i never knew i was a giver i yeah but it's strange because all chefs are like, that's what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. Like we, this sadomasochistic thing that we do is purely for giving joy to other people. Yeah. So yeah. the parallels on this are, uh, uh, they uncover for me daily, man. They really, really do. That's wild. And so the, so you, you hit rock bottom, you got some, you got some help. I'm trying to put together uh, almost like a step because I uh, last week and this week uh, in the just the conversations that I've been having um, I'm realizing not that I didn't know it before but maybe I just I like had the blinders on again because once you get out of it it's easy to have those blinders on again uh, but there's a pattern of how to get out uh, and so you hit that rock bottom or hopefully like I Hopefully you're able to get out of the uh, get out of it before you hit rock bottom because rock bottom sucks. But a lot of times you, it's that rock bottom that wakes you up. So you, you hit that rock bottom, and then you sought help. Is that what you, what happened? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, okay. I I I was literally in my car at a park and um, reached out, and I hadn't talked to this person in probably seven eight years. Um, reached out to Kathy and was like, Hey, I know you had mentioned that you were doing a thing with the stuff and the therapy and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, can I buy you a coffee? And we went to a coffee shop a couple of days later and, um, I had, I had nothing else. Like I just spilled it out. And, you know, in retrospect, it was one of those things where somewhere inside my brain, um, inside my soul was a piece of me that said, you're worth saving. Like mm. you, you know, I, there's been many a times where I've said to myself, you know, you're either the smartest person in the room or the stupidest. And I can't, I can't figure out which one it is. <laughs> and that part of that part of me somewhere said, 
you're worth saving. Um, you all the things that you want to do are there for you. Um, and it's attainable. It's something that you can do. So I spilled it all out for her and was just like, you know, I need your help. Um, she does some business coaching as well. And um, she did it for free for a couple of months because I had no money and was completely screwed. Um, and she knew me and believed in me. And um, I had a unique situation where there was somebody that could help um, and, and ultimately did. And we set up a thing and she made me, um, that's part one of the reasons why I started the cookbook blog was she said, you know, I want, you're doing that. I want you to continue to, to post blog, blog posts, but I also want you to post a blog post to me every week. Um, and she gave me topics to write about and books to read and homework. She gave me homework mm -hmm. and I had to do it. It was the, I told her, I will literally do anything you want. Brainwash me, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, um, my, my big caveat was I, I didn't want to do any drugs. I didn't want to do any, anything like that. Um, and she said, it's workable. We can do it. And, uh, I did the work. Um, I dove as deep as I possibly, possibly could, um, and let her do the rest. I mean, she did the work. I just, I just had conversations with myself and with her and, and that was it. Wow. I actually, um, I had a girlfriend who I met when I lived in California and her and I were both in relationships that we wanted to get out of. And she had been with this guy for like five years and she was kind of like planning her escape. <laughs> and we were both engaged to these guys at the time. And we met like in the gym of our apartment complex. And she was like, yeah, when he goes to work, I'm actually putting stuff in my trunk. I was like, that's wow. genius. And wow. I watched her get out of this relationship that she was really unhappy with after five years. And then I was like, wow, I can do that too. Right. And she said to me after I moved in with her and was sleeping on her couch and working third shift and in La La Land because I had moved from Chicago to LA and knew no one and felt like I was a in a complete fog. She said, if you go back to him, I will never forgive you. And I cared more about her friendship and her pulling me out and her showing me the way. Right. Than going back to that situation. Right. And a part of like when you were talking about Kathy, like a little bit reminded me of that. Because, you know, she knew you, she, you, you trusted her, right? You were in this place of not knowing how to navigate, but she was going to get you to where you needed to be to stand on your own two feet again. Right. It, because it, as, as Kathy did with me and, and your friend did with you, people, you, you have to be vulnerable enough to let people take care of you too. And that in turn, when you're, when you're in that, when you're in that headspace, there's part of your brain that says, 
I'm worth saving. I'm I'm worth I'm worth more than the situation that I'm in right now. And somebody else sees it in me and I can feel it and I know it's there. And that's why this feels crappy, because I need to get out of the situation that I'm in and that it's it's attainable. You can do it like you can get help and you can get out of your thing and and get to get to your life that you're supposed to be living. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part is, is, well, at least for me, it was one realizing like I can't do this on my own. Like I, I like legitimately I need help. And then two, like once I realized that, it's like, how am I going to get that help? Like, what do I even do? And then like, like I said, like I, I had that help. I had that guy. Uh, and then for, for me, I don't know if this is just like a me thing, but like don't push that help away because it gets hard like it's like you get into yourself you realize like man i have some ugly pieces of me and like you have to stare at that you have to like it's it's kind of like the whole entrepreneurship thing where you like you can't give up you just got to keep going like you realize the failures you realize the lessons that you've pushed down maybe with relationships maybe you've pushed it down with self-medicating maybe you push it with alcohol or working too much or all of the above but all the, of this all of this stems from not that it's being vulnerable is the key to all of this entrepreneurism uh getting into a headspace where you're mentally okay all of this is a um jim carrey's got a thing on youtube where he talks about um depression and he said depression is basically and i'm not going to say the yeah, Go for it's, it. But he does. It's basically, it's basically your body telling the character that you live out in the world that it's fucking done with it. Like, it's tired of being that thing because it's not really you. Yeah. So yeah. when you can get to a place where you are working from just your – where you're operating from your core beliefs and what only matters to you – the world will come to you like you would not believe. Like I, the the outpouring of people that that go for Shepherd Death right now is wildly n not on point. Where I thought this was going to be a hobby. I mean, it currently is my hobby. Yeah. But the response that I get because I'm coming from an authentic place, people embrace it. They're like, "This is the you, man. This is the guy we knew. This is the guy we." we all knew you could be and a hundred percent of it is because I come from an authentic place. It's just comes from this feels right. And this, this works for me and now it works for the world. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. The, you know how, I mean, call it the universe, call it karma, call it God, call it whatever. Uh, it's interesting. The parallels that come i mean we like rena we just spoke to tyrone uh, a little bit ago about his own personal story we're talking to eric today about his story it's drawing my story out it's drawing your story out this and I, i've known this for a long time and i've had people reach out to me recently just about the mental health issue and it's it's real and so what i how i want to kind of close out this episode is one, if let's, let's just 
start off with others. Reach out to somebody that you care about and be willing, even if you've never had much more than a surface conversation with them, if you care about them, be willing to go deeper. And even if it's just you starting off the conversation with like, hey, I've just been thinking about you and I, I maybe listen to this podcast or listen to, to Chef or Death or whatever. Uh, and I just, I know that we haven't really gotten this deep, but I, I just want to let you know I care about you. And so I, I just, here's some of the stuff that I've been going through. Um, and see what happens. It's worth getting deep because once you get deep with someone, then you realize your value. You realize that you're someone, just like Eric said, you're someone worth sharing or uh, saving, excuse me. Uh, it's, it's worth it. And just reach out to somebody, start with others. And, and even if others is just that one person, that connection, it, it means the difference potentially between life and death. Uh, and that's, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Um, and Eric, if there's anything else you want to add to that, go for it, man. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, I used to tell this to my cooks and my sous chefs all the time. Um, and it's kind of a good metaphor for life or it's not really a metaphor, but it's more of a, a thought process of, you know, at the beginning of service, there's this tension in the kitchen that, you know, you're about to go to war. You're about to get your ass handed to you. You're, you're about to get your ass kicked. Um, there's fire and flames and oil and yelling and immediacy that's first 10 straight hours. And that's kind of how life is as well. And I used to tell my cooks and my sous, when this is over and it will end, go home and be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say, we kicked ass and we knocked it out of the park. And that's what I hope everybody does at the end of the day. The first thing you do when you lay down before you go to sleep is to go, I did my absolute very best today and I just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Love it. I love that you said I kicked ass. I kicked ass. In a day like that. Yeah. It's, it's bedtime right now. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, started off with food, ended with mental health, and all sorts of stuff along the way. Eric, I loved that you were able to get into the deep stuff with us. I love that. Uh, and if you want to learn more about what Eric is doing, you can find him on Twitter as Shefford. Actually, it's Eric Chiapetta, right? Yeah. Right. Eric um, Chiapetta. Where else? Um, www.shepherddeath.com. Um, you can find me on YouTube under Shepherd Death. Um, also Spotify. And we are working on um, getting iTunes um, up for the audio podcast as well. Beautiful. All right. So if you want to connect with him, even if you don't want to connect with him, go do it. All right. <laughs> Subscribe. And Eric, again, thank you so much for being on, man. I'm, I'm super pumped about everything that you're doing within the, the F&B industry. And I'm for sure going to snag one of those hats because it's killer. Deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it. Man.